What's up, buddy? What's going on, my man? Oh, just doing another episode of the Launchpad Podcast. Special guests, TJ and Jay Fizzle, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's going to be so much fun just to get on here and talk, man. I, we've had some really good people on the show the last what four weeks five weeks and uh it's been uh it's been incredible but i am dying to talk myself i am a talker <laughs> i'm working on becoming a better listener but i am definitely a talker <laughs> hey you know the funny thing is is we started this podcast originally for us just to talk you know and we turned it into a podcast where we had to listen so it's <laughs> for, for two people who talk a lot it's it's kind of humorous that we turned it into something that uh they like to to force us to listen a lot, so uh, it's it's cool definitely to to talk more. I know uh, I had a buddy of mine that was listening. He was said I was so surprised to see that most of the episodes were like thirty to forty minutes long. He said, "Man, he said I, I mean I've heard you give greetings in the morning that long," and I started laughing. I said, "Well, the funny part is, man, I only taught probably three of those thirty, so." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff, man. Well, I know it's a little more, a little more natural for us to talk sometimes. A little harder to listen, but you know, it's been incredible to listen to so many of these these great people. Uh, I know we're just in the beginning phases. This is episode nine, um, episode I guess three through eight. Uh, we're all our guests, and what a, what an eclectic variety of people that we've actually had on the show. Um, and it's it's growingly going to become more and more eclectic because the people that we have lined up for future recordings are even more diverse than what we had before. So Yeah, I know. Well, what's incredible is, man, when you're an entrepreneur, um, you know, it means you're a starter. <laughs> and you can start a lot of different things, man. I learned that, in, you know, just in those last six episodes where, you know, we've interviewed uh, someone who runs a nonprofit ministry with the NFL uh, to a guy who is a lifelong chiropractor who's now trying to end sex trafficking by also selling vitamin D. Um and we've talked to authors and uh, film and um, engineers, recording engineers. Um, I mean, it, we've we've really touched a lot of interesting markets, man. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty pumped. It is well, you know, and and it's it's cool to see that we've had such a, an amazing response from people. You know, I, I've reached out to. Um, a lot of different people. You've reached out to a lot of different people, and we we haven't talked to one person that has has said no. And the funny thing is, is a lot of people may not know. I guess uh, maybe you do know, um, but we're not making anything off of this show, and our guests who come on the show aren't being paid to be on the show. So it's 100% free, pro bono, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just something that we really have enjoyed. I mean, I know I've enjoyed it. Um, it it's just been really cool to talk to people. So yeah, I agree. I mean, it's uh, like it's, it's here's what it is. It's two guys who know a lot of people who have done a lot of things who said, you know, what would be cool to have a platform where we could get on here and share ideas. Um, and what we wanted to do was open it up so other people could share their ideas with us. Um, and we've had a few people that have been really, really hesitant in in how they connect with us because they know that we'll just snap them on here. What? <laughs> So they, they're careful how they approach us, but we've had several people who are thinking about starting something and they kind of tiptoe around the edges of asking us a little bit about Launchpad because, you know, maybe they just don't have the nerve to just quite jump on here yet. Um, so that's, that's kind of been funny. And originally, that's what we thought we would do more of is, is talking to people 
who were dreaming of starting something. And it's kind of turned out to be the opposite. I feel like we're laying a good baseline right now for listeners to hear um, the doers. You know, so we're, the whole platform is we want to partner dreamers with doers. And the way we do it is, you know, let you come on here and share your vision and, and talk about what you want to do and listen at the same time to people who've already started doing something similar or hell, maybe completely different, but um, have a lot of good insight for you. So uh, if you're out there, dreamers, we're still waiting on you to get you on the show. We're, we're excited to have that first dreamer show. Um, right. Yeah. On here and, and bring somebody on and talk them through that. But uh, I've, I've loved every second of it so far. Yeah, it's been cool. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and they were telling me how um, they were friends with one of the guests that were on the show. Um, but listening to them talk on the show about how they got started and some of the things they were doing uh, brought up things that got more questions that they wanted to ask them. So it was really cool that even though they knew this person, knew what they did, giving that platform for them to come on the show and talk about what they're doing, talk about some of the things, the struggles, um, the the hurdles that they overcame brought up more questions and they were able to connect and, and go over these things and, and ultimately help that person take the next step that they were looking for. So even though they knew and we were already connected, they still were able to answer more questions and, and get things turning, which is exactly what we wanted to do anyways. So that's been, uh, it's been pretty cool. So, but uh, Hey, so what, what's, what's like the, the number one thing you've noticed consistency? consistent between all the people we've had it's obviously an eclectic variety like we said but uh have you noticed any consistencies between participants oh man i feel like i was loaded i feel like you got something on the tip of your tongue and you're like baiting me out here (laughs) (laughs) hey listen i'm i'm the organized guy you know that's right have a list i know you have a you're looking at a notepad if you if i know anything about you you're looking at something right now with notes and dots and points and, and ones and twos and threes and all that good stuff. And you probably you know have me a, too well. You have a separate screen pulled up with like, you know, all this information. And you know me, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just winging it. But the, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess um, you're going to have some super clever thing that, that everybody has in common, but I'm, I'm the, not, you know, even the, though I have my <laughs> list, I don't have this thought out very well. <laughs> For me, I think the one thing that everybody has in common is they started somewhere. Uh, Everybody's had some kind of hurdle. Um, And I I know one thing that's, that seems to be kind of consistent with every single person we talked to was um, the, the digital wave, right? So there's two ways to approach the digital era, Um, you know, is get on board or get ran over. Um, You cannot fight this thing. Um, it, it cannot happen. Customers are evolving and it's not even evolution anymore. These people today, there are customers that are entering the market as um, employed individuals with money who have never been exposed to the old way. Um, so there's people that Amazon has always been there to fulfill orders for them. Um, so it's a different world, you know, I mean, there'll be kids that one day they'll remember every time they went to McDonald's, they had the little touchscreen board where you build your own burger, <laughs> you know, hey. they, they won't, they won't, they won't remember the time before that. Like, you know, uh, the, the order ahead on your cell phone and you get to skip the whole line. What the heck is that? You know, you like every time, man, every single time I go to Chipotle, I get in there, I stand in line, there's 1700 people in front of me. And, then here comes like this one awesome person who's like 21 years old and they just go right up to the front like, oh yeah, I'll take that. 
I'm like, who is that? It's the queen. It must be like the queen of England or something, you know? <laughs> it's, it's no, it's that's just the way it is. Same thing with getting a haircut, bro. You go to get a haircut, you go in. It's like there's 200 people in front of you. Current wait time three and a half hours. Walks in, sits down. They call their name, but why? Because they checked in remotely on an app. People are more engaged and more plugged in than ever before. And I mean, we talked to a lot of people. Uh, Brad Phillips in in the recording industry, right? Um, there's a lot of things that that were hurting that industry. And you know, I seen a pretty interesting article that made me bring up that we were talking about. You know, the fact that used to when you're an artist, you released an album, and someone had to buy the 1999 album. So they could, you know, they had to buy all the songs to get the one. And now with uh, iTunes, people only have to buy the one. So they were saying that hurt the music business. And, and, and really, it's the opposite, I believe. What hurt the music business is that you used to have to buy the whole album. Um, now, right. you might you might have made more money, but you were limiting your audience. So I think people have more audience than ever before, but it's figuring out ways to monetize that. Um, that could still be beneficial and yet not be greedy. So I, I don't know, man. That's that to me was the commonality. I mean, everybody we talked to, uh, Walter and Daniel, they were talking about with the elevated film, right? Oh man, we just bought this new camera and we almost dropped it. We thought we were done, right? So like, yeah, it, you know, always new, cutting edge, getting in front of it. Jenny, when she was writing the book, she did it herself, man. I didn't even know Amazon had a thing that you could do. Um, hey, that's the truth. Going, you know what I mean? Like she, <laughs> she did it herself. Like it's, it's insane, man. So like I, that, that to me was the biggest piece was technology, man. It's coming and it's touched all these different people, um, in different ways. And it could have, you know, shut them down. They could have been like Toys R Us, but instead a lot of the people we talked to, man, they've adapted to it and they're figuring out ways to use it to their benefit. Hey, I'm going to have to be honest. I went to Starbucks once, and the line was out the door. I opened up the app while standing in line with all these people, ordered online, stepped out of line, and walked up to the front and grabbed my drink for any of those people who got to the register. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny to think about, but the, the thing is, is that any of those people in that line could have done the same thing that I did. But they didn't because they didn't realize or didn't care to, to jump on board with the technology wave. But just because I thought about it, I said, maybe this will be faster. I was able to jump that line because I jumped on technology. And I think that, you know, just like you were saying, that there's so many people who didn't jump on board or aren't jumping on board with technology and using it to their advantage. But these new entrepreneurs coming out, they've got to use it. There's so many facets of this industry that can be capitalized with the use of technology. And if you, if you miss that piece it could be the one thing that allows you to be crippled as a, as a company. Like you said, you know, the Jenny could have easily said, I don't know how to do this. I have to have a publisher. It's too difficult. I, I give up. I'm not going to do it. But she went online. She found a way to do it herself. And, and she used technology to her advantage. Brad Phillips, same thing. He could have been crippled by the fact that all these guys were at home doing it themselves. But he started doing live streams. He capitalized on on the use of social media technology and there's so much that you can do with technology and it can either cripple you or you can use it to your advantage. And I think that's, that's true. Like you said, it's a, it's a very powerful thing. So, um, but yeah. So if you're listening at home, man, and, and you're thinking about what to do and you think like the startup is difficult, I want you to pause for a moment and just sit there and listen to these words you're wrong okay (laughs) 
because I promise you, man, 10 years ago, had you been trying to start this thing, where would you have gotten your audience? I mean, with social media, you could connect with anyone in the world, anywhere, anytime, almost instantaneously, man. It Hashtags. How ridiculous is a hashtag yet so effective? And then, you know, like web development. I remember trying to start companies and man, I'll tell you the truth. I was in a band and I remember <laughs> trying to get a website for my band. And this is exactly how, like everybody could have had one, but only like the good guys did, you know? Oh. And I remember uh, we, I was in a, I was in a band, I was in a band with you. And then like, I, I got into this other band and this guy that was in that band, he had been in one of these bands that had this really cool website. And I was like, Hey man, you guys had that website. Like, how do we do that? And, and he was like, Oh man, that's my brother, Jeremy, man. We got to go see Jeremy. And he kept talking about Jeremy, dude. And I, I kid you not, man, this guy lived in the other side of Grant. It took us like an hour and 20 minutes to get there. We get to this guy's house. We go upstairs, uh, into this, uh, two bedroom apartment. The dude li- literally had his computer in the closet of his bedroom and, he was in there with like all these screens around him. And it was like, I mean, it was like rain man or something like, he, you know, we told him what we wanted and he was doing graphic design stuff. And I was just, my mind was blown. And it, like people were paying this guy $10,000 to make these websites. And we got one because we knew the guy. And I still think we paid like 1500 bucks for it. And it was so hard and it took so long. It was like six months just to get, you know, www.whatever.com to go on there and like we had a message board where people could get on there and be like hey i heard you one time at that one place you know and we, <laughs> I, I remember thinking and, and people were like wow you guys have a website i remember that and now you do you can buy your website for 99 cent and you can pay another dollar 99 and build it or go get one of the free ones like uh squarespace and weebly and all these things build a website in like 22 seconds and <laughs> I mean, it's it's bizarre how easy it is to start something. Now, the trick now isn't starting it; it's sustaining it. So, right, I, I think that's where we're at. Well, and it's it's funny, you know, we when we originally wanted to start this podcast, we were coming up with ideas and topics to talk about, and this was one of them. Actually, technology and how companies have either used it to their advantage or it has caused the the demise of the company. And uh, being in sales, we were talking about how sales tactics had changed. That it used to be that you just walk up on a site as a sales guy and you say, "Hey, you want to buy this from me? I got a shovel for you." And he goes, "Well, I I do need a shovel. How much is it?" And you tell him fifty bucks. And he he goes, "Okay, well that that seems like a good deal, but I, I don't really know. The only way for him to go check that price before was to drive, you know, twenty thirty minutes away to the convenience store or to the home home goods store, or whatever, and and price check it." But by that chance, he might have lost that sale from you. So they, th- he had to make a choice on the spot. Was it good or was it not good? But now yep. he can sit there in his chair and you say, hey, I got the shovel for it. It's 50 bucks. And he can type in shovel online and then can pull up <laughs> 15 stores that all have a price on that shovel. And he can go, well, I can buy it right now on Amazon for, for $10. And they'll overnight it to me for free because I'm an Amazon Prime member. That's right. Because I pay $99 a year to be a part of the club. Like, it's insanity, bro. Like, it is absolute insanity. Yeah. And, you know, so, well, here's the problem that a lot of people encounter, I think. Myself included, guys. Like, I'm not, I haven't, I'm not saying I know all the answers, but I'm figuring them out as I go. It, it used to be, like you said, the, sell, the, the, the shovel salesman bought a shovel. Hell, the, the salesman probably, his company probably had 
15 to 20 dollars in that shovel right yeah so he goes out and sells it for 50 he's doing great the company made some money he made some money hell they probably paid him ten dollars to sell you that shovel and so the the mathematical equation was his reach was limited so he could only probably reach 100 people so he had to sell 100 shovels to get anywhere so right he sells 100 shovels he makes a thousand dollars so that's the way he his whole metric was set up now it, it's not the same. There's still guys doing it. Don't get me wrong. There's still guys out there who are trying their best to sell a thousand shovels and get, you know, ridiculous margins and do all this stuff. But I mean, and there's some people that are still having success, but they will not have it forever. It will go away. So what is the new way of doing it? Now, um, the middleman company is being obliterated, right? Um, manufacturers are getting smart. They're wising up, realizing that there's a lot more pie left if they just sell it themselves right fresh out of the oven and yep. so the so you're weeding out a lot of these middlemen so what does that do you have to change and adapt people have to adapt just like we adapted from mining coal and far or farming to mining coal why are we mining coal because we were in the industrial revolution right and then we went from industry and we went from that over to this and now we're changing slowly into tech and tech is where everything's going man so like the way people do things with digital photos, I mean, think about that for a second. You snap a, a picture on your cell phone, you can share it with the world in 20 seconds, right? Versus used to, you had to go buy film, make, you know, you had to have it in that protective little thing that was like, you know, you couldn't get it hot, it couldn't get in light, you had to like treat it like, you know, you're, you're holding like, I, I don't even know what, man, like, and, and then you get it in your camera and you take pictures, you don't even know how they were, like, <laughs> who knows and, and, hope and, it was good and, yeah and, and that like think about how that's changed man like i saw a thing the other day my wife spends i don't know forty thousand dollars a year on photos <laughs> we we i saw this thing called tile or stick it or something where yeah. guys are printing pictures you just send them your uploads and they just send you 20 stickies you know a, a week or a month and you just change your pictures out and i was like well what that's amazing and uh, you know that's going to save me millions of dollars. But the it's just insane to think of how, how it's so quickly adapting now. And everything is online. Everything is direct. Um, there's not a lot of room for middlemen. And and the thing is, man, it's not figure out how to, how to stay in the game. It's figure out how to change the game. Um, well, when, when uh, Redbox came and said, hey, we're going to pop up these little vending machines and we're going we're gonna to rent DVDs for uh, 99 cents a day. You know, the, the people at Blockbuster were like, you're out of your, your dang mind. People want to come to a store. They want to talk to people to ask them how the movie was. They want to be able to interact, and they want it for more than a day. They're not going to want to do that. And Redbox said, no, they don't care. They want it to be cheap, and they want to be able to get their movies quick. And Blockbuster didn't jump on board, and look what happened. They tried to pop up their little, uh, their little rental machines too, but they just ultimately had to close their doors because they weren't willing to jump on the, the bandwagon and get with technology. And it's becoming more and more convenient. People are about convenience Bro, nowadays. You, you know what's insane? I want you to think about this. I can remember from a very young age. I mean, I mean, like under five. I can remember back that far in my life. So you're talking. Let's just say 25, 26 years ago. You got good back sales. I don't know if I can remember that. That, that <laughs> I remember going with my family 
to these movie rental places. And back then, it oh, wasn't yeah. even Blockbuster. It was like mom and pop. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember you those. Know, <laughs> movie rental shanties, right? <clears throat> and we would go in there and rent these and rent these videos, right? Okay. And I remember in high school, Blockbuster was still a thing. So that's at least, at least 10 years that that, that was active in my life. That was the way people did it. You went to the to the rental store and you got your rental, right? And then Blockbuster came out with this thing where you pay ten dollars a month and you have unlimited rentals two days at a time, right? And and that and or I can't remember the whole catch, but it was a yeah, monthly subscription. And I remember like telling my mom, "What we have to do this?" She was like, "That's ridiculous. We're not doing that." <laughs> and 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 I was like, no, we have to do this. And I and, and I ended up doing it myself when I had a job. And I remember going to Blockbuster all the time. Okay, fast forward, college, right? So now that's 15 years that this has been a part of my life. College, the first red box popped up. Maybe right after college, right? Red box kind of popped up, and it was a failure at first um, because people didn't know what the hell it was. But <laughs> two two years later, right? So now we're approaching 18 years of my life that Blockbuster or something like Blockbuster was a part of it. And all of a sudden, Redbox comes on, boom, Blockbuster goes out of business. Everybody's like, what? What happened? And then I want you to think about this. So Redbox was king, but Redbox was only king for a minute, bro. Netflix came out and Netflix cannibalized Redbox so much faster than Redbox cannibalized Blockbuster. And then Netflix was, you know, eating the king of the hill. And then here comes Hulu, Amazon Prime, right? And then the movie section, dude, if you don't have Voodoo app, you're on another planet, right? You can't, how can you live without Voodoo? I have 9 million movies floating somewhere in space that, that we can watch on six devices at one time. Like it's, it's insane how fast the next thing comes now. It like Blockbuster was the way for 18 years of my life, and I'm sure it was going before I was even born. That that method of of doing things, bro. So you're talking 20 to 30 years it took for something to replace that. Redbox come out five years later. Netflix took it. One year later, Hulu and Amazon came out, giving them a run for their money. Voodoo come out, boom, they're killing it. And now there's even like a new thing that my son was telling me about, and it. Yeah. I don't even know how it works, but it's similar to like Spotify. You just pay a monthly thing and you can watch all the movies all the time. Yeah. So can't even keep up, man. It, it goes so fast. And I, I'm, I'm <laughs> from the technology, you know, background and, and I don't, you know, it's incredible how fast it's moving, man. They're teaching kids in elementary school how to code now. So there's, there's going to be a point where my kid's going to lock me out of my own phone because he knows more about it than I do. And he's coding <laughs> it. And I'm not going to be able to get in my own dang phone to call you. <laughs> it's going to be a practical joke from him. It's like, oh, I'm smarter than you, dad. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's crazy, man. Technology is is definitely uh, the wave of the future, and I think if, if people aren't getting on board, it's definitely definitely one of those things you must consider. So, um, obviously, as you guys can tell, this was this was this was a topic for us prior to us starting this was was how important technology is uh, for the entrepreneurial spirit. So, um, yeah, definitely well, cool. It's so funny, man, because everything that you and I talk about, we always talk about it from the perspective of yeah but what's how's it gonna how are people gonna do this in the future because yeah. you know we love to dabble 
there's definitely there's no doubt about it. We have done a lot of things. <laughs> but the the question is, how will people do it next? And I get lost in 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 space sometimes because it's it's really it really is easier. Let's talk, you know, real estate. That's something you and I both are are dabbling with, let's be honest. So I think if I just put all my marbles in that basket, right? If I just decided tonight that I'm not doing anything else, I'm just going to be a realtor. And I'm going to go to the, my, to the real estate office and I'm just going to watch all the realtors and I'm going to copy everything they do. There's no doubt in my mind, I'll be one of the most successful realtors in this area. Top 50, no question, right? So, um, but the way my brain works is I look at those guys and say, okay, I see what you're doing. But that isn't going to be the case forever. So what can I do to change the way of the future? And, and honestly, I'm not the only one thinking about it, dude. What, what, what Zillow's doing is terrifying the realtors around the globe. I mean, they're like to the point to where they're like trying to file thing actions with the government to shut them down from being able to do this, yeah. which is kind of insane. Instead of saying, okay, this is awesome, that's where, that's where the, the world is going, that's the next te- technological advancement, how do we adapt <clears throat> and overcome? People well, it, are just like, no, shut it down, we can't do it, you know? So, yeah, uh, go ahead. I, no, you're good. I was, I was just going to say, it. it's funny because I had a similar conversation, exactly what we're talking about, with a, a broker. I was telling her about some of my thoughts and plans and ambitions as, as a real estate agent, um, and some of that being out of state, and she was like, look, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, she's she was an older real estate agent. She'd been doing it for a long time. She had a lot of wisdom, but she said, I'm gonna be honest with you. She said, I wouldn't use you as a realtor. And I said, well, why is that? She said, well, as an out of state realtor, she said, you have no idea about the area that I'm living in and you can't tell me anything about the local spots and this, that, and the other thing. And, and I want a relationship and I want this, that, and the other thing. I said, well, here's the deal. I said, I, I disagree with you. I said, I, I'm just being honest with you. I said, it, the thing is, is that as a home buyer, I said, I've, I've bought a lot of homes. I've moved a lot. So I, I've had to research a lot of areas. I said, I can find out more about the town you're living in than you ever know about it just by sitting on my couch and using my phone. I said, I can search out the hottest restaurants using Yelp. I can search out the, the best neighborhoods using Zillow and Realtor and all the other um, real estate websites. I said, honestly, I don't need you as a real estate agent anymore. I said, most people find the home they want before they even choose the real estate agent because they can use Trulia, Realtor.com, and Zillow to look and find everything they want from crime ratings to school ratings by using an app that doesn't require a real estate agent. I said, and at that point in time, when I've chosen the home, that's when I'm going to choose my real estate agent. I said, and that's the wave of the future. And she goes, you know what? I didn't really think about it like that. Well, it is really changing. It, it is. And here's the thing, man. They don't want to admit it. I sat in a room. Oh, man. It's been a crazy month and a half. So it's, it's probably like four years ago. But no, it was it was like two and a half months ago, I think. I, I sat in a room with like 270 other realtors. And we were listening to this thing and like everyone in the room was like absolutely vehemently opposed to what Zillow's trying to do. And they were all signing petitions, doing all these things. And they were asking like, go like we had circle panels when they were asking and, I, and they asked me and I said, I think it's fantastic. I said, you want me to tell you where, where we're going with this thing? Here's what it's going to be in 10 years. There'll be firms that are like insurance companies, Right. There could be one here in Greenville. They service America, right? That's all it is. And you have relationships with individuals, but you're not going to need individuals. 
People are going to go onto the websites. They're going to find the homes they want. They're going to call you because you own the listing to that and you're responsible for it. And so there's going to be a key fob that activates it and a way to watch them on their phone while they're walking through the home. It's all going to be digital. And the agents walking around with fancy placards and they're, you know, parking their Porsche out front and wearing, a, you know, $2,000 suit to walk around in there and, and tell you all this same old heard it all before, you know, sales tactic is going to go away. Um, I, and, and, and they were like, that's absurd. I said, look, I've moved across the country twice in the last four years, both times. How I found the house I wanted to live in, I found it. I went, looked at it. The realtor, I had to call them because that's just part of the game. Call one. They came in. The The lady who sold me this, the house that I bought, right? And it, and I paid a good bit of money for this house. We, She took me to the house beside it. I saw this house. She sat down in the kitchen in the house beside it. I said, I don't like this house. She said, well, do you need at least look at it? And I was like, I don't want to look at it. I'm going to walk over and look at that house. She stayed in the kitchen at the house beside this house while me and my wife walked over here, walked <laughs> through this house, right? Walked all over it, asked some questions. She's like, I don't know. I've never seen that house. Said, okay, great. We put an offer in and we told her everything that we wanted in the offer. She submitted the offer. She said the offer was rejected. I said, okay, great. She said, what are we going to do now? I said, we're just going to wait. And three months went by. Right. And she calls me up. Hey, would you like to put an offer on this house again? Just like a routine phone call. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So we came back over here. She sat in her car in the driveway in the air conditioning. We walked through the house one more time. We put another offer in. She sent it in. They accepted it. That was it. That's the whole nature of the relationship was I just seen this lady's name and called her about the house next door and happened to see this one. And she, she you know, she made. A, a, a chunk of money just because like 20, she made $20,000 and, and, and for what? Like I paid that lady $20,000 and I just paid her 20. I paid the other agent 20. So $40,000 of the price of my home was to pay two people who had absolutely zero to do with influencing me to buy it. So it's changing. People yeah. aren't going to continue to do it, man. They're not going to do it. Um, hey man, there's there's already a, a company now. I heard on the radio the other day. I can't remember the name of it. Basically, they sell your home for like three percent now. They get it. They they cut out half that commission and they take care of it and they basically guarantee your home sells in a certain amount of time. It it's unreal the, the way the market's changing and and real estate's just one of those facets, um, one of many many facets that are rapidly changing. I think real estate is to me one of the most antiquated uh, industry. Real estate. And uh, cars, <laughs> yeah. car dealerships, I think are two of the, the most antiquated companies out there or, or industries out there that are that are going to be highly affected soon. Well, you, see, you see the, the, you see the automobile industry switching already. I mean, how many, time, how many times a day do you get on um, your, your you know social media and scroll through? And if you've even typed in car in Google within the last 72 hours. You get one of those auto gravity or what I can't remember what they call it, where like you buy your car and they deliver it to your door for no additional charge. Carvana. Yeah. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? It's a vending machine for cars, bro. Like then yeah. that's the wave of the future. You can't tell me houses won't be sold the same. You heard yeah. it here first, folks. You heard it here hey. first. 
if you're if you're not innovating, if you're not looking to the future, you are failing as a company. And if you're not failing now, you will fail as a company because there's the, the people who look to the future. The, it's funny, me, Christina and I were actually talking about this on the way home. My wife, um, uh, she, she, we were seeing some of the old houses as we were driving uh, on this long drive back to our house, and she was like, "You know what? It's funny." She said, "I look at these houses and I realize that those people probably lived there for sixty years, you know, for for a very very long time." And, and it kind of sparked a conversation. Where it was like, "You know what? That that doesn't happen anymore. It used to be that you, you got a job and you worked that job until you retired, and you stayed in the home that you you were in until you retired, and you just lived there. That's that's what you did. That's how you climbed the ladder." But now people change jobs every year and they go where the money is. You know, a company recruits you. They may call you and say, hey, we want you. We're going to give you 20000 more than where you're making. You go back to your job and say, you want to give me this money? And they say, no. You go, all right, well, then I'm going over here. <coughs> and then you wait for the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. And that's how, you know, the, the lengthy resume with lots of tenure doesn't happen anymore. So society has kind of changed how we do things. And it's, it's funny because technology is doing that it's allowing us to move quicker it's allowing us to to make better decisions better judgments and the people the businesses who are realizing that and capitalizing on the the, the value of that are the ones that are going to be prosperous the ones who say no nah, it's not going to affect me i don't want to be a part of it those are the ones that i think in, in the end are going to fail there's nothing you can't do without with using tech technology if you want to do something there's a way to do it if you want to make more money, there's a way to make more money. A lot of it just comes down to ambition and drive. Are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to research it? What are you willing to do to get to where you want to go to? So, Well, here, you know what's funny, man, is this is going to be really frustrating to some of you listeners. What, he, Justin hit it out of the park on this, that people hold jobs for 6 to 12 months before they get a promotion, if you're good, right? If you're, if you're good at what you do. And you, and you haven't made the leap to do it for yourself, then you can go anywhere, right? You can play the game. You can daisy chain around. You can do anything you want to do. It happened it, not so much now because I'm pretty staunch. Like, if if I'm making a career move, it's going to be to work for me. Yep. <laughs> I, you know, um, I love money, but but I, I hate bosses. So <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. I, I, I can't. I can't. I, I just, you know. But I used to, honest to God, man, this is how it used to be for me. I would go call on customers. I would, you know, we'd go in. I'd start talking to them. We'd start going through the process at the end, at like at closing time, the deal, time to make a deal, transaction. That This is how it would go. Awesome. Are they taking care of you over there? Because we're looking for somebody to do that. And I would share with them, say, you know, uh, yeah, they're, they're doing a good job where I'm at, man. They're like, well, you know, what would it take to get you? And I'd throw numbers out there, and I'd puff it up $30,000, $40,000. They wouldn't even blink. They'd say, when could you start? And I, I finally just had to start putting ridiculous numbers out there. And and I had, you know, one guy was like, I put $75,000 of income on there and increased expenses and everything else. And he didn't even blink. He was like, when are you coming to work here? And uh, it, it was a huge move and it was all this stuff. And I was like, you know, I just, you guys are a big corporation. I'm going to have like 45 bosses. I can't, I, I'm not the guy because you like me, but you won't like me if I work for you. Um, <laughs> but I promise you, because I don't, I don't listen well. Like I, I just, I know, I know how to do it. You know, um, I know, I know how to be me. I, I can't, I'm not good at being me for somebody else. Um, so, but here's the, here's what I'm trying to get back to. Let me circle back here. The, 
the fact that you can hop jobs like that, it is not a negative thing at all. You have to look out for you and your family. You have to look out for you and your interests and know this. Don't sell yourself short. We're in a hot market with a hot economy, and it's booming and busting at the seams right now. Take advantage of it while you can. Now, when it shifts, because it will shift again, I promise you, it's not always uh, prosperity. Sometime in the next 20 years, we'll have another big shift to where it'll pull back and slow down again, and then you want to hold on. But right now, it's hot. You need to be hopping opportunity to opportunity to opportunity to growth yourself and take care of number one. Now, right now, though, what you're going to find frustrating is as you're hopping, some of those bigger opportunities, there's still going to be old school gentlemen involved in the hiring process, and they're going to call you out as this as if that's a negative. They're going to say, man, you do you've done a lot of things, but you haven't done a lot of it for long. And they it's just because they came from a different time period. Right. It's exactly what Justin said. They grew up. You get a job. You work there for 45 years and retire. Um, that That's not the case. And you're going to see. Over the next five to ten years, it's going to be increasingly frustrating for, for young people who love to hop because you're going to encounter those older transitioning hiring bosses um, versus, in the like I say, in the next five to ten years, most of those people will be a, a, adapted or thriving businesses. So if you're going to a, a business for an improvement, they will have adapted their ways, and they'll see that as, you know, hey, this guy's a hot commodity. Um, we want him. You know, we we absolutely want him. And the NFL pioneered this. NFL, NBA, and the major and pro sports used to. Man, you had guys that that went on a team and they were that guy. They were the guy forever for their whole career. It, yeah. I remember, like as a kid, looking on the back of sports cards and be like, "Wow, this guy played for three different teams." Man, how the hell did he played for three of them. Like, <laughs> and now dudes play for all of them. Like, in 10 years, they played for everything. And uh, it's just bizarre. It's just, the world is changing, man. Yeah, it's funny. I went, I, I've moved s- somewhere close to 20 times in the 12 years of marriage. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, so we're professional movers now. But, hey, you know, I get that question a lot on my, my resume. It's like, okay, it looks like you've been with this company for this amount of time and this company for this amount of time. Why have you jumped so much? And I said, listen, here's the deal. You know, I, I – have recruiters that call me sometimes that, that offer me jobs. I'm not always necessarily looking, but I do have my resume out there and in, in the atmosphere just just as as a potential option. And it, sometimes opportunities come along. I'm willing to consider any opportunity. So the thing is that all these jobs have offered me, you know, a better opportunity or better better package or more money or, or something that was more appealing to me. And I've always allowed my my current employer to either match that or or give me that same opportunity and when they tell me no then i have to take care of myself because in the end here's the thing you know i listened to an entrepreneur one time he said die on your own sword and what i mean by that is that if you're working for someone else you have to die on their sword so if they make a bad decision or if they choose to do something that doesn't involve you and let you go you die on their sword but if you choose your own opportunity entrepreneurship or whatever you're dying on your sword. So if, if at the end of the day, that decision was a bad decision, it's, it's your sword that you're dying on. It's not someone else's. And it's the same thing in, in jumping jobs. If, if that company decides to let you go tomorrow, it doesn't matter if you've been with them for a day or 50 years, that company's going to let you go because that's what's best for them. So why as an individual, would you not do the same in your employment, in your career path to take the best opportunity for you when you know that most jobs aren't going to consider your best interest when it's the day that they have to let you go. 
No, bro, you know you're you're, you're preaching. I, I love it. Well, you know when I when I explain it to people that way, they go, you know what? You're exactly right. And I've never had a problem being able to get past those those hurdles in those short terms of employment. So you know, and I've always been respectful. Every job I've ever left, I've always left a two weeks notice. And, and left on good terms. I don't think there's one place that I couldn't go back to if I really wanted to, um, just because I still I still keep relationships with those people. I don't burn bridges. Um, it doesn't mean that you should be you know disrespectful in, in, in any means. But again, technology's changing, jobs are changing. Um, there, there's so much, so many things that have changed about entrepreneurship and, and jobs in general, your career path. So you, well, you know what's funny, man, is for me, I think. In terms of working for someone else, I'm I'm loyal to a fault, um, and it's because I I came out of the gate swinging, bro. Went to school, came straight out of school, started my own business um, as a subcontractor. um, Basically, you know, there was a little bit in between there, but um, I came out swinging. Went into business for myself in the construction world, was killing it. You know, young kid, 20 years old, I was knocking down well into the six figures all my buddies were like are you selling cocaine what are you doing i'm like no nah, man i work like 200 hours a week uh, the, so i mean I, I was i was i just come out of the gate swinging well what what happened was the recession man the great recession hit like literally the time that i i, I hit that plateau um all big timers like old timers was like man i'm telling you it's going it's coming you need to be putting some away and i'm like whatever bro you know so i'm i'm starting businesses and opportunities and doing things and a buddy of mine was like we should start this awesome business together i was like that's a great idea he's like all i need is sixteen thousand dollars to buy this piece of equipment and i was like i got 16 grand we we bought that like uh, (laughs) 60 days before like they announced like people were jumping out of windows on wall street again like (laughs) you know so i didn't have a lot of experience to know that that slowdown was coming and and I was just living it, man. As an entrepreneur, young, just got married, and I lost everything. Um, you know, I had too much pride to bankrupt, so I sold everything I had to pay off debt, pay off loans. Um, I moved in with my parents while I still owned the home and rented it to someone because I couldn't sell it. Like it was, I it was it was such a hard time that I went from being on the top right out of the gate to absolutely sucking wind <laughs> and <laughs> I, I think so like now that I'm in these positions where like people have taken care of me or like I've been able to build for myself for them I find myself being loyal to a fault um and that's one of my I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing though because I'll take a beating man <laughs> I'll take a beating and, and and it's true man what you're saying is you know you can die on your own sword or you're gonna die on theirs and and, and, and I, that's, that's a conversation I had to have with myself was, you know what, man, you know what you're worth. You're just too damn scared to put the price tag on yourself and put yourself on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> you're too, you're too scared to put that buy it now price because you don't think the bid will ever go that high. And the reality is the bid will surpass the buy it now. So like the, that's, that's the whole thing, man. And I know someone listening right now is in the same predicament. You're working that nine to five, you're, pen, you know, you're pushing the pencil or you're humping uh, lead somewhere. I mean, you're there, there's something you're doing, man. And, and you're like, God, but I always wanted to do this. You have absolutely sold yourself short or maybe somebody out there just has a complete 
cover your ears if you're offended, asshole boss, right? The if if and that could be you. You could be living that listener. You just have someone who just degrades you and doesn't appreciate you. You've got to put the value on yourself, put yourself on the market, and you'll be shocked at what comes. And at the worst case scenario, man, you're not going to tell yourself you're worthless. You're, you're going to go down if you go down thinking you're the best thing that ever been. So, um, yeah, dude, I, that was awesome. I, I'm glad you shared that because that's something that I, I'm probably one of the most outspoken individuals out there. And you hear me say it all the time. I don't get along well with other people telling me what to do. <laughs> but for some reason, I have a hard time letting go if I've been around someone for a long time because I just am a loyal person. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that's you, you kind of hit the nail on the head too. Is you are as valuable as you make yourself, you know. But and that goes in multiple fashions. It, it goes in the fact that if you sit on your butt at your job and you don't do anything and you complain and and you know whine and moan about everything that you hate about it and that's all you do, then then you're not very valuable. Why do you deserve a raise? But if you work hard, you come in for the extra shifts. You pick up the extra stuff that no one wants to do. You see that piece of trash on the floor and you bend over and pick it up, even though it's not your trash, it's not your job. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from people. Oh, that's not my job. If you do those extra things, but your company doesn't value you and notice that, then if you don't see the value in yourself enough to put it out there to see if someone else will see that value, then you're going to stay at that level. But you are as valuable as you think you are. And you've got to prove that value but you've also got to present that value. If you don't, like you said, raise the value. How many times has an employer asked you, well, how much do you want to make? And you, you, you have that figure in mind and you go, oh, that's too high. They'll never give me that. So you, you lowball it. I've done it. <laughs> oh, well, I really, you know, I really want, you know, 55,000 a year, but I, I don't think they'll ever give me that. So I'll just tell them 35, you know, whatever, whatever that number is for you. If you, if you throw out a low number, you know, that, they may not give it to you. You know, I've got some good negotiation tactics for, for numbers as well. I don't think jobs should even be asking you how much you want. I think they should just present their best offer and you should say yes or no. Um, yeah. But, you know, anyways, you've got to set your value. You've got to live up to that value, but you've got to set your value. If you want to make the X amount of money, that's fine. Set that value, pursue that value, but set it there and, and, and work to be there. But um, if you always think that you're just a 35000 a year or 45000 a year or whatever hey, – Hey, I, I can tell you this, dude. I, I promise you, like I say, I blew out of the gate straight out of school and was making well in six figures, well up there. And uh, I, when it crashed and I lost it all, man, I came back and was working for single digit by the hour money, okay? And then I I, rem- I remember someone talking to me about this, uh, this job opportunity that had not have a salary. And they were talking about a $30,000 a year salary. And I salivated at that. And regardless of where I'd been and who I am, man, like it's so bizarre that I was living in this augmented reality back then. Like I was like, I can't fly for that. They'll never give me that. And I tell you that as humble as possible to tell you that I remember when they signed the paperwork and they gave me 32.5 and I was like, what <laughs> clicking yeah. your heels, <laughs> I, bro? I came home and we were like, We're rich, we are straight rich, and and that sounds it's so ridiculous now, man. Like, I like I would be on suicide watch if I had to live on that again because it's just but it's all relative, you know. And I'm a big proponent of living it with it well within your means, right? Don't, don't, 
don't live a life you can't you can't finance. But <laughs> I, to think that I was hesitant to turn my resume in for a thirty thousand dollar job, and now I will tell you, I've turned down three hundred thousand dollar jobs. Well, right, I, I've turned those down. Yeah, and and so so there's that. That's a if you start talking about self worth and grinding and putting in the effort, then you get to pick and choose what you want to do. Um, I'm not telling you you should turn down three hundred thousand dollar jobs. You just you got. You got to know who you are, and I know who I am, and money's very enticing. However, like I say, I'm a, I'm a loose cannon, um, and I know that if somebody gives me a barrier just by nature, I'm going to put my right shoulder on it and push as hard as I can and just scrape all the way down it for as long as I walk on it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so you have to choose those battles. But I've, t- I've had the opportunity presented to me to turn that down, and that's, that's something I never thought I would do. So I, I, I'm telling you guys. You have a value there. You have a niche. You have something no one else can bring. I would love to talk to you about it on the show. I know Justin would would love to. And the good thing is, when you get two guys here who are so similar but polar opposites that you get to bounce this stuff off of. So, well, well, and I would I would point you guys to two episodes: Joey West's episode where he talks about the importance of budgeting and living within your means. Uh, TJ was just hitting on that, but Joey West goes into a great dive about how he wanted to pursue music so much that he wanted to save up money, pay off debts, so that he could do it no matter what cost. That if he needed to live off of a low income, he could live off of a low income because he wanted to do that so bad he was willing to do it. So it's an incredible episode where he talks about money and the importance of budgeting and taking care of that. But then I'd point you back to Jenny, uh, Jenny G. Scott's episode where she said, fear is a liar. Um, and, and this is exactly what we're talking about. Fear is what would prevent you from presenting the numbers that you think that you need or quitting that job to pursue that dream that you have or to, to do the certain thing that you've always wanted to do. That dreamers, connecting dreamers with you, that's what we wanted to do is to push you to get over that fear. That fear is a liar. You can do anything you set your mind to within reason, obviously, if you got a crappy voice and you want to be on American Idol, someone's going to tell you you got a crappy voice, even though your mom thought it was beautiful. Um, you know, <laughs> you got to be realistic. But the thing is, if you have a dream, if you have a passion, you can turn that passion into an income. You can turn that income into whatever you want for your family. You can turn that budget around and take care of your family so that you can pursue that dream. There's so many incredible things that we've learned through all these entrepreneurs. And, and, and there's great tools. Incredible. And there's great tools. So we have access to these tools. You could you could hit us up on social media. We'll be glad to share them too. We don't charge you for any of this stuff. Uh, matter of fact, when it comes to budgeting, I've got one of the greatest resources available, and it's absolutely free. Um, and I, I got a code for it years ago. And I, I remember I, I logged back into it about six months ago. I was playing around, and it still worked. And I emailed the guy. I was like, um, do you realize this still works? And the guy so humbly says, Bro, if you were rolling with me back then, I want you to still get it for free. <laughs> like, it, so it, it's uh, if you need budgeting tools and things, and you don't have the money to to jump in there and start getting some of the best tools, I got some really good ones I can give you for free. And man, again, go back and listen to Joey West podcast because when he said that, he said I have the freedom to do what I want to do because I live according to those means. And man, it's not all about the money. I promise you. When I, when, like I said, I turned down a three hundred thousand dollar opportunity because it wasn't about the money, right? I'm happy doing what I'm doing now, and I, I don't think I'd have been happy doing that. So you got to find what's your happy, and okay, now that you know where your happy's at, how do you live that? If it might be that you know, in order to do what you want to do and be happy, you're only going to make twenty five or thirty thousand dollars a year. Well, you got to figure out how to get your finances in place 
to pursue that dream. So definitely check out Joey West. That that was an incredible episode. And plus, he's he's just an awesome guy. Yeah, <laughs> plain and simple. He does. We only interviewed him about being like a drummer for an award winning band and traveling all over the globe playing drums <laughs> professionally. But dude's got hustles galore. Like I, we started connecting on social media. He's like, he's got a t shirt business, a wood burning business. Like, and dude, can, now when you hear me say wood burning business, you think back like I did when I was in sixth grade, and you got that thing, and you tried not to burn the house down with it. No. <laughs> Dude is like Picasso. Like, yeah. I can't even – he was putting some stuff up on social media, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. How the hell do you burn wood? And it looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's incredible so, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, man, this is what happens when you get long-winded people who wanted to start an episode where they talk all the time and start interviewing people where they had to listen all the time, and then they get back on <laughs> and decide to talk as we get one of our longest episodes that we've ever had. So, um, And my list is worthless now. The one question sparred enough uh, – <laughs> <laughs> to talk about for almost an hour so anybody well, the good thing is it's it's always a, it's free to listen as long as we keep it under an hour when we get into those hour-long episodes you guys will have to start adding up money that's right money <laughs> money money it, we we don't make any of it but we definitely enjoy it and uh yeah we, we appreciate all the guys i know this is only episode nine i think right nine something like that you're the list guy man you tell me <laughs> <laughs> episode nine i i do know that i was just hoping you confirm it but thanks thanks for not not really knowing uh, <laughs> but uh yeah episode nine guys it's been incredible so far um there's so much that we have to learn so much that we're still trying to learn uh social media is difficult to keep up with so if anybody's wanting to do social media for free hit us up launchpadmovement at gmail.com because we need some help um but uh, yeah it's it's incredible i can't wait to introduce you guys to some of these new uh interviewees that we have coming up in the next couple of weeks uh so y'all y'all stay tuned make sure you subscribe follow us on instagram uh like us on facebook and follow us and eventually our website's going to be up to date sorry about that guys uh, <laughs> yeah i have more than just our logo and uh yeah. a bunch of blank well the problem is that i started that and i was like i was excited for i don't know the first 24 hours and then like hour 25 kicked in and I was like you know what I don't know anything about doing anything technological so, <laughs> <laughs> so you can blame TJ if, if Justin was running the website it would be amazing I promise you I don't know about but that. he but he already spends like 1400 hours a week uh putting out all the amazing graphics that you guys see on Instagram and social media uh he does all that stuff guys and it's not because I don't support the effort um it's just he, I, I make some stuff and then like he'll post something. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not sharing mine. So, uh, so, so you guys can thank Justin for that. And uh, yeah, so basically we'll just call this Justin's launch pad featuring TJ. No, no. <laughs> hey, listen, TJ, TJ's the one that uh, propelled me into this. I, I, I texted him one day, just randomly was like, Hey man, you want to start a podcast? And it was kind of like a test. Like if, if he said yes, then I, maybe I should start it. But if he said no, then I'm, I, you know, I definitely shouldn't. And he was right away. I was like, yeah, man, what's up? When do you want to do it? <laughs> so it's his, his aggressive nature that has helped, helped propel us into a lot of avenues that we uh, probably wouldn't have pursued. So I, I'm definitely thankful to have him on the show and uh, thankful for all the people that have listened so far, even though um, it, it's, it's, it's been crazy. Definitely haven't done all the things that we wanted to do, but I can't wait to see where episode 100 is um, versus episode one, two, three, nine whatever we're on now um it, it, it's pretty incredible to watch this thing grow so but well cool right, man. guys yeah enjoy the rest of your week i appreciate you listening uh i'm out see ya